the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, may the life force be with you, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. Our intention with this conversation is to help you remember that life force energy is your most important resource or at least wonder if it could be (laughs) and that is where we're going to begin today how's your life force i was just thinking when you said that well if you don't have it what do you have I was thinking, good question, but 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 really, if I don't have it, surely that means I'm not here. It certainly means I'm not present, and yeah. actually, maybe that is um, that is a good place to start because when you're not connected to your life force and energy, you're not present. And how often do we go through life just on that autopilot <laughs> and not really fully conscious and aware? That kind of human zombie way of doing life Mm. and yeah I agree if you don't have it where are you what I notice is when my obviously I think we have to talk about this in terms of like a battery I don't think any human is walking around without any life force energy in them. Personally, I believe the life force is the bit that leaves when you die. (laughs) Um, And so I think all humans, to a degree, have life force in them. But this is about levels. And when your levels are really, really low, then, like, for me, when my levels are low... All of my problems are heightened, you know? My Mm. ability to cope is low. My ability to stay calm is low. My... Yeah, I I kind of walk around in a state of disembodiment, of overwhelm, of all all of the, the ways in which that I can function but just not function at my best. I... 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 I think that that's probably the description that most people would resonate with, both for themselves and that they can recognise in others. What I thought of when you said that, and and to begin with, is actually the opposite end of that scale, which Mm. we don't often talk about, which is when it's not that the battery is fully charged, it's when that alignment Mm. is totally off the other scale. Mm. So when we're overstimulated when we're overwhelmed when it's all the overs rather than unders Mm. that are going on and we're in highly what could be perceived as energizing environments you know we're you know whether that's a workplace or I've just been talking about a couple of festivals like work events that I've been to recently where it's highly charged Mm. and you're like whoa you can kind of feel that energy but actually too much of that is as bad as all the unders and uns and all of those kind of things as well because what I recognize in those states 
is that um, we still are not functioning in alignment because we're coming from an overstimulated place where our logical, rational decision making is also out of whack with what we truly want and the decisions are made also from a not level playing field for want of a better phrase. It's interesting because um, one of the things that I explore with life force energy is frequency which is basically I guess the best way to describe the frequency is a light sound vibration or better still it's like a note or a tone of an emotion and so if you think of like anger there's loads of different mm -hmm. within under the umbrella mm -hmm. of anger anger there's loads of different frequencies of anger and one of the things that I've started to understand in this exploration of life force is that there are frequencies that you can consider low that cause you to throw your life force energy out of your body but there's also frequencies that are high that 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 feel out of your range of goodness in a way of 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 how you value yourself and when you're in a situation with lots of high frequencies that might be out of your self-worth range it sends your life force energy out of your body as well mm. which is really interesting because i think a lot of self-work is like you say focused on the low but it's like how do we hold uh, in a way like how do we hold our life force energy inside of us i believe it's absolutely key to abundance to manifestation to um getting toward the life that we really want not the life that we work for the life that we really mm -hmm. want my goodness me there's so much that comes up for me <laughs> when you said that where do i start um so a couple of things mm. um when you say that um i don't know which one to ask first because i'm quite excited by these questions that i've just thought of <laughs> Ooh, which one will i start um so frequency and, and energy and vibration mm. really interest me. And frequency, um, I want to break down into two parts. Mm. Um, the first one is I, I we, we did a workshop recently um, with a beautiful friend of ours, Hannah. Um, and we invited the people that were on our workshop to think about their different states. So when they're in low state, when they're connected, but when they might be withdrawn or in protect state. Um, if there was any kind of noise or visual that came with that and it's amazing what your mind can do mm -hmm. and that you can create a noise and an energy and a frequency even when you didn't imagine that you have something around when you're feeling down or that lower energy and also when you're feeling protected and safe and your mind and, uh, creates these noises and a, a symbol for mm -hmm. you colour, place sound so I'm always really interested around sound and audio and what that does for our emotional safety um, and and that feeling of of um, calm and connectedness um, so that was just an observation that we can come back to but my very first question that came up was can places have a frequency I believe that we live in a universe that is a constant frequency uh, you know I uh, 
Because you know how you say sometimes, yeah. I just didn't get a good vibe about oh, that place. Oh, yeah, I mean... Oh, I walked in there and it just didn't... Just, oh, there's something about that place, right? And our instincts are screaming our at us, instinct, right? You know, we speak vibration. It's our first language, really. And uh, funnily enough, sound, so sound and, and our sense of hearing... We hear when we're in the womb. So so sound is our first way yes. we experience the world. Right. And it's also, I met a doula once who says, your sense of hearing is the last thing to shut down when you're dying. So it's also our last bit of the world. And very often when somebody's dying, uh, relatives hold their hand, mm -hmm. but their sense of touch is gone at the very end. You need to keep speaking to them. That's it's the last thing that goes is our sound, and so so sound in a way is how we enter and how we leave life, and so it really is our our primordial language, mm. and that is why we all speak vibration whatever you believe. That's why everybody goes. I didn't like his vibe, didn't mm -hmm. get a good feeling, you know. And and really what we're talking about is sound, even though we call it feeling and vibe. Uh, a sound is a vibration so so frequency is kind of how we primordially navigate this world very fascinating mm. so so places uh places on earth different environments whether you're by the sea whether you're up a mountain whether you're in a forest whether you're in an <laughs> urban environment those are all kind of speaking to you in a way through through that energy and that frequency that's been emitted from that environment and, and your place within that environment because I guess as soon as you're in that place that place in some regards has changed yes because you add to that you're part of it yeah and and I I guess all of life is vibration you know we're not physicists but I, th I think there's quite a lot of science that now talks about how all of life in one form or another is We're all just molecules bouncing off yeah. each other in a thing that just happens to be put together in forms and colours sometimes, right? Um, I believe that. Yeah. Um, and we're so much water mm, as well, which is a lot of the vibration. Which is vibration, that yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, in, in, in the spiritual world, which is really where... I guess my work is rooted. There's this big thing about raising your vibration, raising mm -hmm. your vibration. It's like a we hear phase. It all the time. Raise your vibration. <laughs> I remember one time my guys were like, "You say this all the time, but do you know what your vibration is? Like, have you actually stopped to go? Wait, what is my vibration?" And their guidance was that your vibration is the imprint that you leave in the universe in every moment so it's what we imprint into the time space coordinate of now and the one that matters in terms of ma what matters in terms of our vibration is what we repeat the most because if you think you're constantly imprinting like with every heartbeat you're imprinting into the cosmos and the ones that you do repetitively repetitively are the ones that have the biggest impact in terms of what you then manifest what then echoes back to you and so for a layman's it's you, you get out what you put or you get back what you yeah 
put out or you get what you receive or you know karma there's like there's something about that it's the law of karma yeah Yeah. it's like what you're what you're you're sending into I wish everybody could see you because you're being very soft and gentle (laughs) in your kind of gestures right now there's a softness where I have you know butterfly softness and gentleness versus you know in my head because we're talking about may the life force be with you I have like the Darth Vader like that Tyrannosaurus Rex thudding vibration Mm. is very but that repetitively has a dull undertone there's a heaviness so maybe the invitation is to think even I mean, I, I, my, my, um, my grounding exercise that I do is a, a reflection for people to think about be where your feet are. Mm. Maybe the extension of that is to think about how you're stepping into your day. Mm. And is it softly, gently, quietly, yeah. without much vibration? Is it a gentle day or is it mm. doof, 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 that you're walking into the day with? Because I think that that impacts... Whew, the load that you carry around for the day, how you're expending your energy, but also what you're walking into other conversations with people, that energy that you're then reflecting out and the reverberation of your presence (laughs) thereafter for the rest of the day. Maybe the invitation today is, how quiet can you be? And soft. (laughs) And how beautiful. Because I feel like in I feel like in modern times, in Western times, we have forgotten that what we are meant to be doing is making the cosmos more beautiful. And what we are meant to be creating is more beauty in life, in the universe. And instead, humans have started investing in things that are not beauty-based. And that's not in a superficial capacity, because obviously we've touched on that. That, That's a whole different energy. It's, it's, it, for me, it's that softness and kindness when I reflect on all the different things that are happening across the world right now. Mm. There's not much kindness out there. There's not much softness. There's not much creating of natural beauty, wonder, and curiosity. It's, it's, um, it's very much in protect mode. Very much, and it's very much in um, like I was in a conversation last night, and and we were talking about like why why are why are we all investing in in lack. Mm-hmm. You know, like we do so much as an investment into lack of time or lack of money or, or it, it's like we're not in lack of love. Yeah. And then we get that straight back, you know, then then mm-hmm. then the buildings that we build <laughs> express that lack of time, express that lack of um one of the things that I, I really love and it is maybe something to consider with vibration is the idea that patience allows something to arrive in its most beautiful form and how much we, and me included in this, we don't create with patience anymore. 
It's so true. Good things come to those who wait. Yeah. I think that was the famous Guinness line, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure it was actually Guinness, but take balls talk. Um, but it's true that immediacy, that need for instant gratification. You know, I I had a an old boss who, you know, was very driven, and I actually asked him the question once: Would you rather make a hundred thousand pounds today? or wait to make a million in a year. And he's like, be a hundred thousand pounds a day, today, every time. And I was like, okay, that's okay. Cause now I know what I'm up against. Like now I know how to manage that expectation. But I was like, you know, there's something about just, you know, letting things unfold, seeing the bigger picture. And I'm realizing as I'm saying this all in my head, some of the challenges <laughs> I've had this morning, <laughs> uh, I'm talking to myself is that, you know the 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 common phrase I'm I'm all I'm all of these today is um you know it takes eight years for an overnight success mm. yet we judge our own success and failure on on such an immediacy of turnaround and our perception that you know if, if something took a, a long time then maybe we weren't really fully committed or um, we did something wrong or the timing was wrong when in actual fact seeds need time to grow. And maybe it's arriving in its most beautiful form. Exactly. You don't <laughs> you don't pull up the flower the minute it pops its head up to the ground. You let it unfold. Yeah. You know? You don't yeah, you don't pick it when it's a, a bud. And you mentioned overstimulation and obviously we've been talking before we started recording about an event that you were at yesterday that was really overstimulating and as we're talking, I'm just like, do you feel like these events are overstimulating because everybody there is looking for that 100 grand now hit. Oh, 100%, particularly in today's current environment where you just have to switch on the news, which I try not to, but you know, there's a, as you said, a scarcity, a lack, a um, message that is fear-based, that these are troubled times, therefore um, it's gotta be hard, you will be impacted and there's not enough to go around. And that's the message we're bombarded with every single day. So people go into a protective mode, they're less generous, they don't want to share as much um, because they feel that if, if they don't win, then somebody else has or some, you know, there's, there's a real competitiveness that's not healthy in those environments. So um, it does feel like um, there is a heightened level of uh, a feeling of scarcity. When Even in these environments that are like, business corporate money places yeah yeah because in those environments um there used to be an abundance of of venture capitalists ready to spend money and when the food chain all starts to pare back slightly then you know the the money that was there to help people through harder times isn't as available banks aren't as generous interest rates are higher it's more difficult to borrow um, everyone's kind of just trimming things here or there, and that has a knock-on impact. Um, and so people get fearful, and then they cut back, and then ironically, they they then feed that whole kind of insecurity chain. Um, and and you know, one domino topples topples many others. Um, yet millions are being spent on these events. Mm. There's thousands of people showing up. 
there's interesting conversations, there's real innovation and creativity that can make a real change to all our lives, still happening every day. There's lots of really, really good stuff. It's about sometimes what we choose to put our energy into observing and taking on board. And why would you describe them as overstimulating? Uh, I think it's because I think it's that speed at which people are trying to do business, like you said. There's this, this need, I need to do something today immediately. Um, there's a competitiveness for that that business. Um, um, and the general energy, because everyone's emitting that energy. Mm. So if you've got, you know, even 10% of the people coming from a panicky place, that has a ripple effect on everybody else. Or there's a business shutdown that you used to respect, or there's somebody that you used to work with that's now not got a job, and like, just all those things just start to have a ripple impact, and it does affect you a little bit. So whenever you're, if anybody's in working environments right now, which I'm sure a lot of people are, where there's talk of redundancies, there's talk of scaling back, you know, trimming the fat, whatever the right phrases are for the next few months, then that does create that energy of of fear. And I think it almost creates it more in places where, you know, I remember in the, the 2008 recession, I was quite young and I was like, well, I've got no money anyway, so it doesn't matter. Like, it almost couldn't touch me because I was broke anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think, like, when you're, when you're maybe in an environment that's more focused on business and money, the, the, the stress of a recession is, is more heightened then um well it's interesting because i remember my first ever role out of university and um i worked for stackers which is a hotel chain in scotland and they got bought by hilton mm -hmm. and i think i was a year in the job so i was kind of maybe even less than that um and they brought everybody in and said there will be redundancies but not for another six weeks don't panic and then they immediately took the entire finance team into our room and fired them all right oh. <laughs> and so it meant that the rest of the time we were all just sitting there going is it me is it me next is it me next and i remember thinking or saying to someone well it's okay for the boss guys you know they've got their four bedroom house and their jaguar and their three kids like mm. they're fine i've literally left university and have nothing uh. my car is held together by sellity <laughs> true story what am i gonna do and then someone pointed out to me they're like fee their overheads are yeah. like they you probably have more disposable income than they do yeah like just be mindful that just because someone's like higher up and they might have the appearance of wealth does not mean to say that they are living from a non-fear financially based place and that's something that's really stuck with me that we don't know what other people are going through an assumption when i'm at these events and everybody's yeah you know on the surface of things looking very successful we have no idea the financial pressures the family situations they might be caring for people we have no idea and the poverty consciousness i mean you could i have met millionaires billionaires with poverty consciousness mm -hmm. um <laughs> it doesn't kind of matter how much money you've got in the bank you can still have the the poverty consciousness w what's interesting to me is that i believe that our relationship how we relate to money really shows us how we relate to our own life force energy mm. 
And so if you're somebody that likes splurges or busts and booms, I would put money on or I put life force <laughs> energy on, that happens in your life force energy. Because money is like what humans have projected their life force energy onto. So you'll, you'll have savers and spenders. Yeah, and, and people that are really tight and people that... Um, you know, use up all of their money. Or there's a generosity or maybe the people. Oh, generosity in the wrong way, yeah. And it's yeah. like a really amazing mm. thing to go, okay, what do I do with money? Because I, that's what I'm doing with my life force energy. Because we, the reason I think that is because I feel like we've projected, we, we've, we think that money does what life force energy actually does. So money opens doors, money manifests, money... Um, creates options it's creative growth energy mm-hmm. and that's what our creative life force energy is that's what it does and so how mm. we relate but because humanity in general have projected that power outside of ourselves onto money gen- generally I've sat with this a lot like all of the patterns that I have with money I also have with my own life force energy because in a way money is just a reflection of, of the life force energy going on isn't that fun? <laughs> that is, because you're right. I'm, I'm sitting thinking you're right. Like being aligned with your life force energy and your, your, you know, when you just know that this is, you know, this is what I want to do. This feels good. Then you create mm-hmm. the opportunities. You open the doors. You create action, not the actual money the money is just another energy force it doesn't it how often do we actually see money these days right it just exists but it's what it's, you know it's what we do with the perception of it perhaps mm. that is the thing that makes the difference yeah because we never see it we don't no. have it physically in our hands no but it's that perception of security maybe or that energy that gives us we give ourselves permission what to do because we feel we have it I don't know I'm trying to work that out I I feel like it's sad that you know so you can pay for a door to be opened or somebody that you know can open a door Mm -hmm. like there are many ways something can manifest society is very focused on the fact that money manifests things when it isn't actually true you don't always need money for something to happen Mm -hmm. Um, and your your life force energy is your ability to manifest it's your charisma, it's your ideas it's your vibe <laughs> it's the thing that makes makes that person that's going to open the door notice you um, and it's sad to me that we as as a culture exchange our life force energy for money. Because our life force energy is more powerful than money. Money is only one way to manifest. Our life force energy is many ways to manifest. Um, and somehow we've decided as a culture that... Yeah, I, I had an interesting insight this weekend that work is when you exchange your life force energy for something and creation is when you're full of your life force energy and you 
you fly towards it and it manifests in front of you. And it's like, is it worth giving up your life force energy? And I know that's really radical, though, because society says it is. And I, I you know, I get it when you've got bills and children and <laughs> this is like a really radical philosophy. But I'm just wondering. So what I hear when you say that, because my initial reaction was, well, it's not possible because how well, you know, the, the, this is the exchange system that we're in is it is that. But I think what I then kind of my mind went to is that when you say not to expend your life force energy in exchange for money there's a difference between giving freely willingly lovingly the good bits the amount that you want to there's boundaries around that and it's not giving away all or more than you have in reserve and there's a big difference because that exchange because I, I actually truly believe that we don't value each other enough in terms of monetary sense. Mm. You think about what a carer does oh. or mums, yeah. right? Or what, what people in, in positions that arguably keep us all running and maintained but are seen as being lower paid. It, we've got it the wrong way around. Absolutely. The monetary compensation for that should be flipped. And, you know, what we put a value on pe other people's time is, is woeful. It's so disappointing. We put more emphasis on product. Yeah. And, and a shiny and, 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 and we want everything to be cheap. We yeah. want every, you know, as consumers, we want everything to be cheaper than it's worth. Um, as sellers, we want to be market value. Like, we've got this obsession with undervaluing things. Including ourselves. Including ourselves. And, our and, and, you know, when I'm saying, like, work, exchanging your life force energy. I don't really mean following your path and making money and charging money because you're doing what you're meant to be doing because that is life giving. Yeah. That is energizing. Yeah. There's no exchange of life force energy. No. That's In life fact, force it's energy. You creating. Up. You're like, Wee, I'm off. And the money's like a bonus. Yeah. What I mean is spending a load of time energy on something just for money mm -hmm. <laughs> that's when you exchange your life mm -hmm. force energy and particularly for when it. it's something you don't yeah. want to do something that's that's making you feel drained something that's made and 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 you know doing it because of the pressures of life which i totally well, understand but to have more stuff <sighs> to have rather more. than to feed yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like you're not investing in your life force. You're investing away from your life force yeah. for money, and that money is never going to feel enough because your life, your life force. If you give something that is worth so much more than what that money can do for it, it's never going to be enough. And that's where I think you get that poverty consciousness in the rich. It's like if you're giving up your life force energy your sacred spirit path energy that it was here to make the world a more beautiful place that money's never going to feel enough so mm. you're going to keep you, you trying to, you're going to be in hungry ghost mode <laughs> of like i need more i need more oh no there's a recession you know and and yeah and in a way when we're also like you so wisely say when we're also then trying to make everything cheaper and 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 
also not giving it out vibrationally so we're underpaying people for what they're worth and we're not and you know I'm part of this I am not I'm kind of talking about the perspective but like I absolutely go for cheap things and stuff like that but it's like to me I can see the problem that humanity's in by constantly not wanting to exchange what things are worth mm-hmm. you know constantly mm-hmm. not considering the life force element just considering the bank balance element putting all of the power in 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 the numbers rather than in the life force when we're buying when we're spending when we're paying when we're investing and it it it's it creates hungry ghosts it's never enough yeah i want more i need more i'm hungry yeah but hungry perhaps for the quick fix back to the impatience yeah, and then it's like i'll choose a hundred grand over a, a million pounds <laughs> when you actually think about it you're my like... head exploded at that point <laughs> i was just like ah, okay okay right i see where we're going with this i gotta somehow burn myself out even quicker um than before so um yeah, but but, but it comes down to that immediate satisfaction. Extraction, extraction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and humanity's really extracting. That's why the earth vibrationally yeah. is going, what? Like extraction rather than serving. And so to me, it's like, what do you serve? And then it comes back to like, well, the only thing to serve is beauty, <laughs> true beauty. <laughs> Not false beauty, but like, surely that's the only thing that all of us can can imagine. If every human being was dedicating their life to making the world more beautiful, I do actually wonder that sometimes. I do. Like, what like, an amazing world would we live in? I once heard Marianne Williamson <laughs> talk, and she shared that. It takes just, when, when you look at all the wars in the world, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but from, you know, the Second World War and all the way through other conflicts, it takes between 3 and 8% of a country to unite behind some form of hate Oof. in order to make th- that, those changes happen. So it's a really small percentage of the population it takes but they're unified by a single cause which then creates a movement which then creates... Um, conflict and her ask was can you imagine if the same percent Mm. united around love what a difference that could make Mm. three to eight percent and that's just stuck with me and so when I again reflecting back as we started this on things that are happening in the world I do walk down the street sometimes thinking to myself gosh if everybody just could be that little bit more kind if there was just three to eight percent of us united behind the same positive emotional outcome I think the difference is that we all have such a difference around love and love is difficult to more challenging to communicate a unified slogan around versus something that feels like it's an external force to hate against a person, a figure, a religion, a government, a 
a business that you know it feels like it's a physical entity whereas love is is more difficult and challenging to unite people behind discuss I would, well i would i would say that like it's why this life force conversation is so important because i i think the majority of people really wish everybody well like nearly everybody i i have ever met they want all of the beings in all of the world to be free happy and at peace that beautiful curtain mantra nobody everybody wants to be okay but they want everybody else to be okay too and I think the reason it's so hard to unite behind love is because you actually need the energy to mm -hmm. to, to abundance root word of abundance is abound it needs to be an overflow if your energy battery is low then you cannot be in overflow. So you operate from poverty consciousness, from lack consciousness, from us and them consciousness, from exchange consciousness. And only when you have the energy, you know, having your heart open takes energy. Being truly generous <laughs> takes energy, it takes overflow. Do you, do you believe that that energy is more than a hateful heart? Yeah, I, I think a hateful heart comes from... That's fear-based. I, I feel like hate... Hate comes from us and them. Mm -hmm. hate, hate, hate comes from separation. Target it at. And, and it comes from feeling like you got the short straw in an unfair world, you know? <laughs> and that energy it, it really is when your life force energy has got so low that you have to fight for it back um that's what i think <laughs> when 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 your supplies get too low that's when hate happens mm. your supplies of compassion of 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 resources including the most basic survival mm -hmm. resources mm -hmm. and and you have to because humans don't like to take responsibility <laughs> and go maybe i need to reclaim my energy back it's easier to blame your energy back so hate is like blaming your energy back mm -hmm. it's like the victim going in becoming the persecutor mm -hmm. going these people this race this mm -hmm. is the reason mm -hmm. i have low energy it's blaming your energy back which is a way to get energy back but it's also just a way to create another cycle i think you hit the nail on the head for me in ex explaining that i can really kind of see when you said <laughs> that i'm like yeah that's why you know from Rocky to Superman, right? They need an evil, yeah. The evil, <laughs> they, they need a, a sparring partner. There needs to be a victim. There needs to be a, a character that's out there to do no good because that's how you you unite behind it. And there's blame because it's in a person's actions. But those person, you know, when I think about that, I'm going to Lex Luthor. There's usually a reason, and it's usually because they're actually a scared little boy <laughs> yeah. underneath all of those superheroes <laughs> from you know, and and. And there is, and there's always a sad reason when you're like, oh, if they just had love when they were five years old, there would be a very different, that good outcome would have been very different from the Joker to, 
you know, any number of Batman or Superman's, you know, um, villainous counterparts. But it's we we jest that we're in a sort of Marvel comic world, but actually we are. We are. <laughs> that is why we have the uprisings and the disagreement. There's no agreeable uh, debate anymore. It's that I have to prove you wrong because I have to be right and I need someone to yell at to be heard. Blaming your energy back. It's like that that concept is kind of making me open up to all the times you know when you're in an argument with somebody and you go into that like it starts up calm mm-hmm. and you're you're no, and as your energy's being mode. taken then you go into like yeah. blaming Irrational. your energy back mm-hmm. yeah or or you Defensive. know divorces and, I can mm-hmm. see all of the ways in which like when when our energy supply gets past a certain point we go into blame mm-hmm. To get our Family energy back. Family dynamics, you're right, divorce. And I'm just like, is there a way? You Recession. Everybody's blaming the recession to try and get the energy back. <laughs> like, we do it. And I just, I wonder, and I'm sure you have wisdom for this in your amazing kind of moment, moment toolbox. I wonder if when you're in that, blame your energy back state if there's a different way to get your energy back I mean for me and what I've been all I can share is what I've been really practicing the last couple of weeks um, I say the last couple of weeks I've been practicing it for years but I've really been consciously aware of it the last few weeks to really help me with not blocking out what what goes on outside the front door but just understanding my place and what I can influence and how it impacts me and it's I try and be in the moment as much as possible Mm. because it's the only (laughs) place to be Mm. you can't worry about the past it's done and that projection of anxiety about a future you can't control is a depletion of your right now energy that is wasted Mm. because it goes nowhere just to the next version of whatever that future future is so I guess my my advice my sharing is is I've been really consciously going what do I have right now when I wake up in the morning I've been kind of saying and I'm going to get my phrase wrong because I just create it in my (laughs) head whenever I come out in meditation but I, I've been saying something along the lines, it changes a little bit every day, but just I have everything I need to thrive today. I have everything mm. I need to thrive today. Because you know what, my mortgage payment might be due out tomorrow, but that's tomorrow. It doesn't yeah. exist yet, remember? No. I can't be anxious about that. I have no idea what the next moment brings in terms yeah. of good fortune or bad luck. But I do know I have right now. Mm. And how I shape that future is based on how I react to my current situation. And if I choose a positive path, if I choose to feel aligned, if I choose to feel good right now, because I do have everything I need to thrive in this moment, that's all I've got. And that is you and your vibration impressing into the universe for what you impress as an echo to come back to you so that is that that moment of you and your vibration co-creating the 
the infinite field of creativity. It's beautiful. And it's like, to me, it's like, what if you, in those moments, are not blaming your energy back, you're beautying your energy back? Well, I, I would finish that thought by saying what I do within that moment is mm. I feel it. Mm. So I say it, but I feel it. And we have the ability, our brain doesn't know the difference between imagined mm. and reality. So why not create right now <laughs> a vision, a feeling, an idea of something that feels good? Mm. Why not make yourself feel good in this moment? It doesn't matter what comes next because we can't control it anyway. So I've been, again, um, practicing just when I have those thoughts, also feeling what it feels like to appreciate that. Mm. Um, and, you know, no one's perfect. When I saw you earlier today, I said, I'm having a wobble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here as the Mother Teresa of moments. But it's how long you stay in those um, wobbles that impacts your life force energy and impacts how you then show up for the rest of the day. So the more moments of good I can feel and be aware of them, the more it counters those those wobbles and I can snap myself back faster. So it takes time. You know what, guys? There isn't a red pill or a blue pill. I kind of don't wish there was because then we wouldn't actually do the work to understand ourselves. We're again masking it with some external blame or ex um, external cure hmm. for something that actually is inside us all along. So give it a go. What's the worst that can happen is my advice of just being as present, be where your feet are as much as you possibly can. And if it's not here now, it's arriving in its most beautiful form patient with it yeah. what a nice way to end <laughs> slowly <laughs> thank you thank you may the life force be with you the rest of the day today we hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy if it has then please help us spread the life force like share subscribe all of that <laughs> and may the life force be with all of us.